Hey everyone, welcome. You're listening to I Testify Conversation Station. My name is Lauren and I'm going to be your host for this week's episode. What are we talking about today? It's a big one. It's entertainment. What are you putting in your mind? When we live in a world filled with entertainment. It doesn't matter if you're watching TV or reading a book. If you're on the train, the subway, you probably are listening to music. So we're constantly being entertained. So today we're going to bring in Andrew Barrett and we're going to talk about, you know, what are we putting into our mind and does it affect us? Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay. God is good. Happy to be here. Good. God, it's good. So let's just jump in. I kind of want to start off with the idea of, you know, everyone knows, you know, what entertainment is. And I think entertainment is different for everyone. Um, Some people love to watch movies. Some people love reading a really good book. Some people cannot not listen to music when they kind of have downtime. So let's just talk about why do we crave entertainment as humans? Why is it something that we're always seeking out? I think honestly, um, a part of the reason why is because it's just like relaxing, you know, like I, I listened to a movie critic one time and he said he was, you know, referring to going to like the movie theaters and he's like, yeah, you know, if you ever, you know, want to turn the brain off for a couple of hours, like this is a great movie to watch. And I just thought it was interesting because he's like, you know, the purpose for which he communicated um, uh, or the purpose for movies that he communicated in that instance was, hey, if you want to just kind of turn your brain off, you know. And I think, honestly, a lot of people are just stressed out from work, you know, the typical nine to five things. And sometimes you really are just like, man, I just want to not think about school or work and just kind of have some like immerse myself in a story of some sort or some music or some, something like that. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think it's it's interesting because we live in a world, even with social media, which is kind of a form of entertainment where even we need time, we need time off from, we need time off from our entertainment using different forms of entertainment almost is what it seems as people will say, turn off, get off your Twitter, Instagram, your Facebook, and, you know, go read a book. So it's kind of like we're turning off a form of entertainment and using a different form of entertainment to so-called turn our brains off. So I know for me, um, I love movies. I have watched quite a few in my 23 years on this planet. Do you have a form of entertainment that it's like you you have loved to do it? Honestly, no. I would say that for me, I kind of um, really like studying, uh, really study a lot. And I guess entertainment to me is kind of like turning my brain off. Like how am I, how can I just like watch a stupid YouTube video or something um, to kind of just like not think about this schoolwork for like five minutes, you know, and it's like I'll study for like an hour and then like, you know, watch some stupid like I shouldn't even say stupid, but just like watch like animal videos on YouTube, you know, or watch like dog training videos on YouTube, stuff like that, like the randomest stuff, um, the YouTube rabbit hole of sorts. And yeah, and then I'm back off to studying. And so I would say that that that's kind of like what I go to, but I don't. I don't know if I'd call it entertainment, you know? Um, And then also too, I love reading books. um, And so I'll end the night off with reading a nice little book, but yeah, that's, I'm pretty, I'm I'm a pretty boring guy. (laughs) You know, I think I need to take some notes from you. You can send me some notes of how somehow studying is more appealing to you than watching dog training videos on YouTube because I'm I'm not there. I'm definitely, and I feel like most people are not there. So I'm going to, I'm going to take some notes from you. 
But um, on that idea, like you still said, you know, you do enjoy reading a book. So there is still the idea. There is something we want to do to bring pleasure to our minds, right? So, I mean, is that a desire that God placed in us? I think for sure, you know. I don't think that the mind, um, I mean, just like when you look at how much glucose, how much sugar your brain consumes, your brain consumes considerably more glucose than a lot of other organs, you know. Um, a lot of times people don't know, you know, like if you're studying for an exam or you're taking an exam, like you could burn more calories sometimes than if you were exercising, you know. And so it's like, I don't think that God designed for our minds to just be on and on and on and on and on and on and on, you know. And a part of the reason why we have to sleep for one third of our lives is because like living just takes so much energy, especially like processing information, you know, and a lot of times we're processing, inf processing information that we're not necessarily conscious of. So you're in a Starbucks and you're listening to music in the background and all these, like your brain is fighting to tune those things out, to focus on something, you know, and that stuff like that still requires energy. And so I think that just like the reprieve, man, you know, just like coming, coming apart and just like, letting go and immersing yourself in a book or in a story or something. I definitely think that that's something that God, God put in us um, for sure. It's, it's kind of, it's just natural. I feel like. Mm -hmm. I like you said, it's, it's kind of wild when you think about that. We actually sleep away for one third of our lives. So that is so interesting because there's a lot of things I've read about people actually trying to get as little sleep as possible to be more productive in their day. Mm -hmm. um, but does that productivity kind of equal less quality because you're not getting that sleep kind of like what you said. And even the Starbucks example of you're trying to, a lot of people go to Starbucks or any coffee shop to study, but yeah, you're, you're even, you have to actually do more focusing because there's music in the background and it's not music that could maybe be linked to helping someone study. It's usually like pop or mainstream music, which is music that probably wouldn't help in the aid of study. And you're trying to kind of think over that. So that's an interesting point. So, I mean, I think the, at the end of the day, it is that we as humans do like to be entertained and God has put in our brains um, this want to have some sort of at least uh, relaxation from constantly having to think, think, think and be on the go, right? But we are kind of entering the, this age and this has been historically, are we, are we entertaining ourselves too much with things that we shouldn't be entertaining ourselves with? Are we now entering a crossroad where the information I'm putting into my head may be fun, it may be, you know, entertaining, but is it risking, is my mind at risk? Um, and I think if we look back into history, a lot of us, you know, were horrified at the thought of what people did for entertainment. Um, you know, I'm reading, um, I studied history, the Middle Ages, and, you know, people would go to watch someone being burned at the stake or someone being torn apart by lions. This was a, this was an event that was a form of entertainment for a lot of these people. And we think about that and think, I mean, how could someone do that? This is, this is evil, like at its core. And yet I had a thought, I said, are we different than these people? Because a lot of us watch, you know, television shows, which I'm guilty of, such as Game of Thrones it is a very violent, very violent television show. Um, it has explicit sex scenes. It has a lot of vulgarity. And a lot of the times you're watching it and you actually feel hate inside of you. You want to see this character dead or you want to see this person succeed. And so how is it dangerous to watch things like this? Is my mind able to differentiate between actually seeing someone be torn apart by lions or seeing it on TV and knowing that it's fake? So 
how long do you want this podcast to be? <laughs> go well, on, go on. I would say, honestly, that obviously I'm not an authority figure on this. I don't understand the brain perfectly. Um, I do think that, it, like, in, in a fair sense, um, no matter what you do, like, your frontal lobe is, is the seat of self-control. It's a seat of morality. It's a seat of willpower, right? And when you're watching a movie or some form of entertainment, like, hopefully, like, scientists don't necessarily understand this perfectly, but they understand it enough to, to show that when you're watching a movie, you kind of have the ability to say, well, this is a movie. It's fictional. Um, he's not literally killing the person. Like, you're thinking, right? Like, you're thinking. However, the kind of gray area comes where there's a lot of techniques to suppress your frontal lobe, you know? Um, and and it's, it's like your brain kind of has to suppress its frontal lobe because you see a lot of things in movies that aren't natural, you know? So if you're watching the Transformers or something and the car becomes a whole talking entity, it's like there's an element of like your brain that knows like, okay, this is sci-fi or this is a otherworldly kind of a thing. And so it's like your brain recruits other aspects of itself to kind of like make sense of these things, you know? And also like when you listen to music, music, a lot of movie scores, like they start to activate other parts of our brain, you know, like, like parts that instill emotion and, and fear or anger and stuff like that. And this is why if you go on YouTube and watch like a movie, you know, clip without the music, it's like not the same, you know? And so it's like, I think that there's so many places of your brain that is at work at the same time that we don't know just exactly how much music or sorry, movies are affecting, you know? Um, I would say though, that there's a lot of science that shows that like violent video games increases violent activity in certain populations, you know? So I would say that like, I would never say that one thing is a be all end all statement for every single person, mm -hmm. but I would definitely say that there's enough research to show that human beings are prone to being susceptible to the negative influences of beholding these things constantly, you know? And that's just me being fair. Um, if this was me in my own personal opinion, like I, I honestly think that um, there's a biblical principle of by beholding you become changed, you know? And so what we behold more and more, we become changed to. And so I really think that like for me personally, I could say for me personally, I know that I wouldn't want to behold a lot of these things because, um, yeah, I feel like I want to be as separate from that as possible. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I'm really trying to trying to not make like dogmatic statements here and prescribe for, for, for another person what they should do. But I think that we could build on some of these ideas as the kind of conversation goes on. But yeah, that's kind of just like my random thoughts um, about that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. If we really come down, you know, the word desensitization, um, I think it's brought up a lot for people, especially like us who grew up in a time where videos and video games, TV, I mean, it's very, just based on our technology, it's, it's very advanced. It can look extremely realistic. If I were to compare a horror movie from today to a horror movie from maybe the 1970s, um, me in this age would maybe watch the 70s version and think this is what people were afraid of <laughs> because it's just the technology is so advanced today. And, and even like you were mentioning with the musical scores, um, it adds intensity, whether you're watching a comedy or you're watching a, a horror film, it, it will add to the intensity of your emotion. And so 
I want to talk about, we can talk about video games a little bit, actually. Um, video games do have ratings. So I think it starts at E for everyone and goes up to M for mature, which would be 17 or 18 plus. Um, however, a lot of these M rated games, so like, you know, the GTA, Call of Duty, these are kind of your mainstream um, video games that a lot of young people are playing and not people that are above the age of 18, which I don't know where that age comes from. Um, but, you know, 10 year olds are playing and, and they're talking, they have their headsets on, and they're talking to adults who are probably using vulgar language and the themes, not even just the violence, but the themes in these video games also are very, uh, quote unquote, adult like content. And so is it dangerous to allow, you know, there's a different conversation to talk about even our age um, being involved in these things, but even just speaking of, for an age for, you know, young people that are under 18, as young as 10, even younger than that, um, engaging in these games. Is this something that could affect them in the future? 100%. I actually, um, I did a presentation on this and um, the University of Indiana or Indiana University, they actually did a little study and, you know, they found that by the age 18, um, an American child will have seen 16,000 simulated murders and 200,000 acts of violence. Um, and that's video games combined with um, movies and such and cartoons and blah, 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 you know, and, and they actually concluded that violent video games have an effect on children similar to that of violent television and film. Some experts, they say, suggest an even greater pernicious effect, concluding that the violent actions performed in playing video games are more conducive to children's aggressive aggression. One expert concludes, we're not just teaching kids to kill, we're teaching them to like it. I think it's interesting for us to know um, uh, sorry, let me just uh, read one more little quotation that I have. Um, it says, more than a, a thousand studies on the effects of television and film violence have been done over the past 40 years. The majority of these studies reach the same conclusion. Television and film violence leads to real world violence. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a, a very sobering reality. Um, some people can say, well, my kids play video games or I've played video games and I'm not like violent per se, you know. But I think it's like it's it's one thing we always have to remember is that, you know, two people can smoke weed and one person might be fine and the other person might have get schizophrenia like that happened to one of my friends, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like it shows that like a lot of us are, are affected by things differently, you know, mm -hmm. and we don't know to what extent we're being affected by these things. I think that um, um, there's a verse in the Bible in first Peter chapter two. But the Bible says that when Christ was reviled, when he was criticized, when he was whatever, he didn't retaliate, you know, and he, Jesus himself also says, you know, if you say to your brother, Raka, which is to say thou fool, it's the same thing as murdering. And I really think that that even though we might not be these overly aggressive people, I definitely think that we have aggressive tendencies deep down, you know, whether it be we curse somebody in our head, whether it be we, we, we respond in a retaliative uh, of spirit or fashion. I believe that these things are no different really than, than maybe outward acts of aggression, you know, and I think that they, they subconsciously influence our actions and how we perceive people. And so, yeah, I definitely think that it's a problem um, to be immersed in that sort of a thing, especially for a child who may, may not have self-control um developed um to the extent that an adult would you know and so yeah i mean i definitely think that that these things are like i'm really not trying to be black and white here lauren i'm really not trying to be but if if i were just to be black and white i would say like yeah 
you know, like it's deadly. It's deadly. It's deadly. But here's the thing, right? Sorry, you're about to say something, but let me just say this. It's like, I know in the back of my mind, I'm having to like, you know, walk on eggshells because people love these things. So it's like, you're like, you're talking about people's forms of entertainment. What do you mean? I can't play video games. Nothing's wrong with video games. Nothing's wrong with movies. And it's like, we love these things so much that like, when we talk about it, we really have to like speak in a wise way so as to not incite people's defense mechanism. But Mm -hmm. if I could really get somebody to just be like, you know, humble and really pray to God and ask for God's guidance, you know, I guess the simplest, maybe it's cliche way to think about it is, is could you invite Jesus to sit down with you while you watch that movie or played that video? Right. And it's an annoying question, right? Like, I don't want to be that guy, but it's like, I mean, like, how other, how else can we be? Yeah. You know, like, like, you know what I mean? Sorry, sorry. No, I, I, I'm glad you did bring that up because it's true. I mean, you don't want to necessarily be black and white because this is a way that people do have entertainment. Um, however, we were talking about in this specific instance, I mean, it's about kids. And I mean, kids are, are vulnerable. Their minds are not fully developed. Again, I'm definitely not the expert on the subject of the brain or the mind. However, I do realize that if some if a 10-year-old is exposed to something that is, whether it's fake or not, if it looks visually very real and it invokes an emotion of anger inside of them, I mean, I, I just... I just have to conclude that that will affect them later in life, especially if it's a continual thing. Um, and like you said, if, if it is that annoying question of, you know, could Jesus be with you right now engaging in this? And I think for a lot of us and a lot of our activities, the answer would be no, a lot of the times in what we do engage in. Um, and it's kind of sad, you know, because as for me, at least, like I want to always have Jesus in my heart. And so am I, I have to ask myself the question, am I engaging in things where Jesus can't be there because he's holy and he just, the, 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 the things that I'm engaging in are just so anti everything that he is. And so kind of, nope, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it's like, and when you think about it, if anybody can protect us from the influence of those things, it's Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I really think that we have as much Jesus as we want, you know? We have as much Christ as we want. And I would, I would, you know, beckon somebody that if that question seems annoying, because I've had to ask myself that question. And it was annoying for me when I, when I had to ask it, you know, like I used to love listening to Drizzy. I used to love listening to certain music and blah, blah, blah. And really like when you just meditate upon, Hey, like, could Jesus be here with me? Whilst I do this, it's like, yeah, if that question is, if that question is annoying to you, then, then I definitely think that, that that shows that you need to spend some time in, in your closet and pray, man. You know, you need to really spend some time wrestling with God because if you can't invite Jesus um, with you to there, yeah. Well, sorry, let's go. Let's continue. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up music, actually. We can jump kind of into that uh, topic now. Again, music is something I go on the train every day and I see everyone. We're in the quiet zone on the third floor <laughs> and everyone has their music on, okay, or whatever they're listening to. I'm assuming it's music. They have their earbuds in, they're listening to music, people walking on the street, listening to music. I have friends who cannot do life. They can't drive their car without listening to music. And so music has so many different genres. And I think it's a topic that gets talked about, you know, a lot, especially in Christian circles, because it is a divisive topic topic, because it is something that I really think everyone enjoys, um, regardless of the genre. I think most people do enjoy music in some form. Um, so let's just talk about some of the modern genres of the day. Um, people will always use the excuse, well, well, you know, back in the day, uh, piano, lively piano music would have been considered very sinful. 
Um, and so the idea of music kind of progressing in terms of the times, but are we getting to a time where music is almost like, I don't know, like, I don't know if 20 or 50 years from now we'll be saying, oh, this music is now holy, right? So is music um, as controversial, I guess, as it seems to always be for people? No, I think music is very black and white. Hmm. I think that there's an aspect of music that we don't have time to talk about. Um, whether or not, you know, Christian music, like, I'm not even talking about Christian rap. Like, we're not, we're not talking about that. I'm just going to keep it black and white and say that, you know, you take a Drake song. You take a song from the Migos. Mm -hmm. You take any typical pop rock, hip hop song, any R&B song. And you put the beat and the, 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 the music aspect, the instrumentals aside and just evaluate the lyrics. I remember I did a, a, a little um, experiment. I went to the mall, I printed the lyrics to a song and I put that same song on an iPod, right? I got two friends and I made one friend listen to the song and the other friend read the lyrics. The friend that was listening was like, hey, hey, hey. And the one that was reading the lyrics is like, and then I made them switch. And it was just so interesting that one girl was like, huh, she literally was like, yo, this is embarrassing, you know? And it was amazing that like, you know, one guy, when he was reading the lyrics, he's like, yo, these lyrics actually make no sense, you know? But when he's bouncing to it, he's like, yo, the beat is fire, you know? And, and here's the thing, what happens is, is when we're listening to the beat, the beat, enwraps us like it, it caught like like it it traps us for a better way of speaking and and, and we, we just get so engrossed in the beat that we don't really critically appraise the lyrics hmm. we don't critically appraise hey is this music misogynist is this music um um you know uh degrading to woman is this music against my own personal beliefs you know what I mean? Like, like, is this music, like, what is this music? You know, like, is this music promoting sexual activity, promis promiscuity, you know, um, obviously outside of wedlock? Is this music promoting murder and violence? I had a friend, um, I don't want to give too many details about him, uh, but he told me in confidence that, you know, he, he, one of his friends, I think, you know, just passed away. And he said, when he went to the club the next week, um, I think his friend actually got shot. I don't want to mistell the story, but he said he went to the club next week and, you know, a song came on and the whole club just erupted, you know? And he said, he literally stood there and like, there's like this feeling of like, I can't even explain it. Um, but the song was, I got murder on my mind or something like that, you know? And he's just like, yo, literally the whole club is singing, I got murder on my mind. And he's just like, literally last week, his friend was murdered. And it's like, like, why do we glorify these things? You know, like, why do we glorify these things? And, and I'm here in the book of Romans chapter one and verse 32, where the Bible says, dear God, please be with us. And Jesus name I pray, amen. It says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so it's, it's powerful that it's saying that there are some people that know that certain things um, sin, um, are worthy of death and the judgment of God. But we don't only know that that's wrong, but we have pleasure in them that do them. So it's like I'm watching a movie and I'm seeing a gun scene where somebody's being gunned down simply for some money. And like, I'm being entertained by that. Like I'm paying you $20 or whatever to show me that, 
you know i'm paying to listen to this music or, or i'm paying my time to listen to this music that that's literally speaking about girls um money or secular ambition you know and i really just think it's a really slippery slope when, when it comes to music um yeah because it's like there's a lot of of reasons one of them being the beat that we don't really critically analyze and appraise hey does this music actually fit with my personal worldview yeah and i think what's interesting i mean you know the topic of music is very like you said like it is kind of black and white um you know the, the music that we listen to it it unfortunately has a lot of just the vulgar language and just vulgar themes overall um but even in regards to the beat um you know i just want to add before kind of moving on that satan when or lucifer when he was in heaven you know he was the music the the musician I mean, he could sing in all the different harmonies out of his own, like, bo- like he was the ultimate musician. And so it's interesting that now that he's been cast on earth, that one of the industries that is so almost controversial and a little bit corrupt as well, I would argue, is the music industry. And so, you know, I, I would challenge people to really think about that and think that if you do believe that there's there's a God and then there's also Satan and um, there's this music industry and, you know, entertainment in general, um, think about who Lucifer was in heaven and how he has really potentially used uh, the music industry as a platform to um, really deceive us and and just make us not even want a relationship with God because we get so so involved with these forms of entertainment. You know, you know, to, to say something, you know, it really hurts me. Like, I have no business telling people what to do with their life or or anything mm-hmm. like that. What 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 really hurts my heart is. Like, how are we going to make it to heaven and enjoy heaven mm-hmm. if the things that entertain us down here is not what happens in heaven? It's like, really, it's like, it's like that's kind of what I think about, you know? And, and I'm just thinking about myself as a 16-year-old kid watching movies, listening to me. I used to fall asleep listening to Drake, man. Literally, like, like I just messed with Drake, you know? Um, really liked his music. Um, and I just remember like now as I'm older, just thinking about like, like how would I have enjoyed heaven? Right. You know, like you think when I get to heaven, the angels are going to be like, all right, let's turn on some Fetty Wap or something. Let's turn on some Drake or something. Like, like it's just not going to be like that. You know, and if I don't genuinely enjoy listening to hymns, singing hymns or praising God, worship music, and I'm not talking about, so I know that like, let's say I'm a 16 year old kid. There's some christian songs that i like you know but i want my i want my secular music now i want my christian music and it's not going to be like that in heaven you know like like we're not going to be entertained by both christian and secular stuff like it's just not going to work like that like like the entertainment in heaven is just not going to be the things that were entertained by here today you know i think that 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 there's a real life game of thrones happening you know in, in the book of isaiah 14 satan literally says that he wants to exalt himself above the throne of God kind of a thing, you know, like, like, I think that, that these things are, are spiritual things. And, and unless we think about like, man, like, would heaven be torture for me? Or would heaven be a blessing for me? I really feel like it'll only ever be about what am I allowed or not allowed to do? And, and I really don't want this to be like this legalistic, hey, you should, or you shouldn't do that. But I really would just want us to ask ourselves the question of like, man, like, am I getting closer to Christ? Would I genuinely enjoy heaven? Um, if heaven didn't have these things and, and really just search your heart, you know, 
I will say this real quick. I will say this before you move on to our next point. Two verses, and then I want to show a little video. Um, in Colossians 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And so one of the ways that the word of Christ can be in us, can dwell in us richly, is by music, right? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, David says, you know, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? And so it's like, in order for us to, you know, bolster ourselves against sin by God's grace, we have to hide God's word in our heart. And one of the ways that we can do that is through singing. And I think that just for me personally, knowing some of the struggles I've had as a young man growing up, there came a point in my life where I said, you know, honestly, like if I listen to this music and I'm struggling with this particular sin or anything like that, it's like this really is not conducive to righteousness. You know, I'm not hiding the word of God in my heart. I'm hiding Drake's word, you know, um, 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 in my heart. And Drake's word is talking about Houston, Atlanta and Vegas and the best I ever had and all of that stuff, you know. And so that's not going to help me not sin against my God. That's going to help me sin against my God. And, and the next verse I want to read real quick is in Ephesians chapter five and verse 18, where it says, and don't be drunk with wine, where is an excess, but, but be filled with the spirit. And then it's going to tell us how we can be filled with the spirit. Verse 19, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so one of the ways in which we can be filled with God's spirit is through music and song. And so if there, as you rightly said, are two major, you know, um, spirits, two antagonistic spirits, right? Um, God's spirit and the spirit that proceeds from Satan. Um, um, and music is a way whereby we can receive God's spirit. Then wouldn't it be that 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 the opposite of God's music or or Satan's music, we, we could be filled with his spirit? And, and I'm not talking about, oh, you're filled with your spirit, you're a demon possessed or anything. But I believe that the fruit of the spirit, so when you're filled with the spirit, you manifest the fruit of the spirit, which is love joy peace all of that right and so to be filled with satan's spirit you might not be demon possessed but you might just manifest the opposite of god's fruit of the spirit the opposite of love which is hate the opposite of joy which is you don't have any joy you're unsatisfied with life the opposite of peace which is like you don't know what you want to do you don't know who you are the opposite of temperance you can't you have no self-control the opposite of the opposite of patience you're always arguing with your parents or arguing with this or arguing your whole spirit is the spirit of war and i, I really think that these things are things that we have to be cognizant of you know um let me share this one video real quick lauren um i, I don't i have much met, so much information to share but i really don't want to be that guy and so I ju i'll just share one of them one of them that i think is really important to share um let me turn on my volume Watch this real quick. Put the chop on that line. I was like, okay. Maybe. <laughs> but but even then, I mean, you know, I never, my point is I never would have like, I never could have told you a week before that, that God's plan was my single and it was going to be the biggest song of my career. I'd never known that. And that my hand just got forced. And it is truly, you know, I, I do feel as though I like, I, I can put in the maximum amount of effort. I can use all my heart and my soul, you know, in my writing. But at the end of the day, I am being guided by some other power. I don't know what it is, but like these things are 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 you think he's being guided by the Holy Spirit? And what he just said was like so powerful because it's like like the gospel is hey, we put in our heart and our soul, and then we leave the rest to God, right? 
And then God does what we cannot do. God is not going to do for us what we could do for ourselves. But best believe that God will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And if any man is saved, he needs a power outside of himself to work in his life. And here you see Drake literally say, yo, when I wrote God's plan, not Jehovah God's plan, not the God of the Bible's plan. You feel me? Because um, you could just look at the lyrics. But but w- when you think about this, it's like this man is saying, I'm literally being, gu- my hand is being moved and I'm being guided by some unknown, come on. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's definitely like, you know, well, which spirit and which God in God's plan. It's, it, it's, it's interesting and it's unfortunate because, you know, so many of us are, you know, listening to this and, and we, we idolize these, these people. So many people, I mean, we idolize these celebrities, these singers, and we, I'll, I'll see a lot of people say like, well, there's, you know, they're a Christian or they're this, and it's like, I mean, we don't know them. I don't know these people personally, but um, unfortunately when you're making statements such as I'm being guided by some sort of something, I mean, it's dangerous territory. And even kind of talking on that, I want to just touch briefly on um, just the different themes in entertainment. So there's the big series, um, Harry Potter, and it's different than, for example, some of the other things we had talked about, which was more, um, you know, restricted things, rated M, rated R. So they were made with adults in mind, with the, that was the intended audience, right? Um, whether or not it's adults who watch it. However, a genre like Harry Potter, I mean, it's a family movie. I'm pretty sure they're only rated PG. Uh, so that's like just a step above the general audience. Um, and so the intended audience is our children. Um, and I've seen all the films and it's interesting because it, it creates controversy because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching something that is very well written. It actually is a very well written movie. Um, I've never read the books. I'm sure the books are very well written and it does, it has really great themes. If I think about it, you know, it's about friends, family, love, connection. And yet the whole idea is surrounding witchcraft. And so what is the danger there in being involved in something that is literally geared towards children and yet the theme is witchcraft what's what's the problem here lauren honestly i think that that you've you've you said it better than than anybody can really say it you know um i really think that that once again like these things are so black and white but because people love these things so much they get so defensive. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the fact of the matter is, is like Harry Potter is straight up full fledged, like fully disclosed, like unambiguous, like undisputed witchcraft, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like, like God hates this. You know, God, like the Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, you know, like, like these sins, it's like, it's God despises it. You know, he doesn't despise people, but he despises the act, you know? And I really, I really think that it really is sobering that people allow their children to watch this, that people will watch this as a form of entertainment. And it just shows, man, how far Christ is from our hearts, how far Christ is from our desires and from our minds and from our thoughts, you know? Like, how could you be entertained by something that is not ambiguous, something that is not, okay, maybe this looks kind of sketchy, you know? This is full up, straight up witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's when we think about just like how, how, 
like when we think about other aspects of our life, you know, something as simple as horoscopes, you know, something as simple as like, like these types of things, like, like we're really immersed in some of these things, but we don't know that like, man, these things are not like, they're not biblical. Yeah. You know, like they're spiritual, but they're not biblical burning sage doing tarot cards like a lot of christians do these things Mm -hmm. you know and it really is just a sad thing because lauren i don't have much to say i don't have much to say but that we really need to draw near to god because we're being entertained by things um that are so contrary to who god is and we're paying for these things and supporting them and and God, like these things are warring against God. Like these things, the entities that make these things, they're enemies to God. They don't like God and God's narrative. You know, and here we are a part of God's side, casting our banner with God, but at the same time, communicating with the enemy. Right. You know, and it, it really just breaks my heart. So yeah, I don't have much to say, but I feel like it goes without saying, Lauren. I feel like yeah. It- you know, it's interesting because you had even brought up a point previous to this about talking about like just because you're not demon possessed doesn't mean that you're not being influenced uh, by satanic things. And I think that when it comes to things like you know Harry Potter, the Vampire Diaries, Twilight, these 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 shows, these and movies that are bringing in dark themes into your house with the guise of romance and happiness and friendship. Um, and so you may not necessarily you know have have ghosts or demons not ghosts but things popping up and plates shattering all around you but are you potentially inviting dangerous things into your life right just because you didn't have a seance in your home doesn't mean that what you're watching on television someone engaging in something like that isn't inviting um you know a bad presence so i did want to just uh, touch on that a little bit because it is such a phenomenon in our times um, I think that the supernatural is just a part of entertainment at this point. And it's a part of it. They, it's it's um, presented in a family manner. You know, it's in Long Island medium. That's a literal whole family on that's dedicated to 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 the medium life. And it, it's presented. It has a, I think it only has a, a G or PG rating to watch it because it's presented as family material. So it, it's just so interesting. I just, you know, I encourage people to really, to really think about it and think about, you know, what you're putting in your mind and everyone is at a different step. I really do believe that we're all on different journeys and different, um, for, for some people, it doesn't affect them for some people it may, but just really think about it because sometimes the things we think aren't affecting us do have an influence on us. Um, and then just because we have, you know, I do want to wrap up a little bit on the last topic, which is. The Bible. So the Bible, um, I'm actually reading the book of Judges right now. And I just read through Joshua and I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this is a violent book. Like there are, it's not that it's necessarily, nothing is going into too much um, detail, right? I'm not reading about how someone was screaming while they were being burned at the stake or whatever it was, but there are some very, um, you know, hard to read stories. And I thought to myself, if the Bible were put to a motion picture, like genuinely from the Bible and put on picture. I mean, it would have to be rated R because it would be very violent, right? And so we're talking about um, entertainment. We're talking about these themes that entertain us, which we're saying are not good. And yet when I read the Bible, especially I think a lot of Old Testament stories, um, you know, they are violent. And so how do we kind of um, talk about not using violence as our form of entertainment, for example, and yet we encourage people to read the Bible, which does have some violent themes to it. So that's an amazing question. Um, what I would say is when you look at the story of the Bible, 
I really believe that when somebody reads the violence, um, so the Bible is just a recount of human experiences, you know, and God's interactions within those experiences. Um, and God trying to call, call people to just a better way of living. And, and so I, I really think that when we read the Bible and we see some of these horrible things, I really believe that God desires for our heart to hurt us. Mm. You know? I really believe that God desires for us to say, man, this is what the fruit of sin is. You know, and, and when we look at all the, like, really, if you really want to get deep and technical, the most violence we ever seen the whole entire Bible, like literally the worst act of violence we could ever see in the whole entire Bible. What book do you think it's found in? I assume it's the Gospels, the crucifixion. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you tricked me when you just said book. <laughs> One million percent. You know, like the, the crucifixion is probably the most violent thing that we could ever read or experience in any type of a, you know, medium. Like whether you read it, see it, listen to like the crucifixion was not just violent because, you know, the father had to separate himself from Christ and Christ had to say, my God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? Um, but we've seen that literally like all of the father's wrath was poured out upon sin. And the scripture says that Jesus became sin for us, not only. Not only did, the, did Christ have to suffer that from, from feeling from his father, but, but also people were taunting him and spitting on him and slapping him and, and whipping him and all of these different things, you know? And I really believe that, that when we look at that, God wants us to look at that, right? Which is why Jesus says, if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. When we look at that, I believe what we're forced to ask, like, like, when will this end? Or how can I not perpetuate this? Like in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that we crucified Jesus afresh when we sin, basically, you know? And so I really believe that, that you know, as we read the Bible and as we see what, what violence has done to Jesus, that we'd grow more and more of an aversion to it, you know, more and more of a distaste to it and see that, man, wow, if this is what I do and this is what causes Jesus to... to caused Jesus to be in that situation that I, I want no more of it, you know, but it's a totally different experience when you're watching a fast and the furious and you're like, Oh, snap. Oh, catch him. Oh, shoot. You know what I mean? And you're fully immersed in a violent experience, you know, mm -hmm. and, and this is becoming an entertainment for you kind of a thing. I also think that some of the, the, the enemies in the Bible um, that are trying to fight against God's people um, really were doing like a lot of times people are like, Oh, why did God command genocide and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Really, when you look at some of these stories, God isn't, isn't arbitrarily killing people. Like these people are presented in the Bible as doing things that are very grotesque, like, like animal sacrifices, like not animal, like human sacrifices, like, like all these types of wickednesses that God is like, like there's a, a story, um, a verse that spoke about the Canaanites and the Bible is like, yeah, the land is literally vomiting them up. Like these people are, are practicing such, such grotesque things that, God has to rid the earth of them, you know? And so I really just think that in closing that when you read the Bible, you see God's perspective and you see that this is not God's will. And God is just fighting to put an end to this. But when you watch a movie or read a, a book with all this sort of a thing, it's like, you're not seeing these things from God's perspective. You're reading it because you want your imagination tickled and, and you fancy sin. And we just have to keep it 100. As human beings, we are sinful and we love sin, man. We love to read it in books. We love to watch it on screens. We love to hear it in music. Um, we love to practice it here and there if nobody can see us, you know? Like, we love that. But the Bible has a totally different narrative concerning it. And 
I would, I would encourage people to continue to immerse themselves in the Bible's perspective and in God's perspective of sin and what it caused to Jesus. And, and as we look at Jesus, that hopefully we could say, man, I want nothing to do with this thing called sin. Mm-hmm. I think that honestly wraps it up. You know, the, the end of the day is that we do love sin. As humans, it's very much in our nature to, that's why we watch things that that's why, you know, back in the 1500s when people were watching live gladiator shows, well, we're doing the same thing. It's just that it's on the television and it's made to be fiction. However, you're still watching, you're still watching someone being, you know, torn apart or whatever the theme is of the show. People used to go to witches. Now we have it as family television. And so the themes are the same. Humanity has stayed, this humanity has stayed the same throughout history. And it is down to that idea of we do love sin. And so I want to thank Andrew for being on today. I hope that everyone listening uh, gained something new and just gained some new perspective. And this isn't meant to say that if you ever engaged any of things, I am very open and transparent. I've seen pretty much everything that we talked about today um, and have been entertained by it. So it's just to say, you know, I challenge you to open your mind to, to, to take a different perspective and take a step back and say like, you know, what am I watching? Is this influencing me? Is this maybe making me more angry than I should be? Is this making me impatient? Am I inviting thoughts into my mind that I don't enjoy being there? So take this with uh, that in mind. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Bye.